my name is Randy, and I will be your host for this episode of Infotainment. I will be your round mound of podcast sound, pound for pound, the best podcast around. I would like to welcome you, you, and especially you to the program today, episode 155 of Infotainment. And if you like the program on a regular basis, tell your friends. It is fun for all ears. In September, I will be heading out to Colorado through the great state of South Dakota. Hopefully, I will be able to bring back some audio to plug into the podcast and some pictures for the uh, my well for my Facebook page for you to peruse when I was in Colorado in 2018 I was in Estes Park uh, wanting to go through Rocky Mountain National Park which I did which was very beautiful and when I was coming back to go back to the hotel in Denver I passed by but did not stop at the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> not the best scream for that, but I wish I would have arranged it to stay there a night or two to see how haunted it really is. <laughs> if I could uh, notice anything. But uh, I was, was intrigued by the history of it, and it, uh, I wish I would have stopped and at least had something to eat there or whatever. And I'm sure the staff here uh, at the Stanley has heard the Here's Johnny uh, line a few times uh, at the hotel. But let's see what I've got on that. It is, uh, well, what brought this up was uh, the other night the Travel Channel had a show on the 25 most haunted places in America. And the first thing that came up was the Stanley Hotel. And uh, it's uh, got a article here about creepy Colorado. The Haunting History of the Stanley Hotel. This piece of, is the first of a series of stories highlighting the creepier side of Colorado. One snowy night in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, Stephen King and his family drove the winding roads up to Estes Park. Stumbling upon the Stanley Hotel, as they tried to escape the frigid weather. Without proper heat for the winter, the hotel was only a day short of closing for the season. The kings checked in for the night as the only guests with a limited staff. With the eerie loneliness of the hotel and the paranormal history, King was uh, inspired to create his third and arguably the most popular of his novels, The Shining. The popularity of the novel, as well as the lore of the hauntings over the past century, have created a huge tourism industry for the Stanley Hotel. 
without Stanley Kubrick's movie adaptation of The Shining. It is questionably uh, whether the Stanley would still be standing today. Questionable. Uh, the hotel plays the film on a continuous loop in the guest room. I did not know that one. <laughs> and a collections of King novels uh, are displayed in the ghost tour room, which I would not mind doing. Despite the hotel gaining its popularity from the novel and subsequently the film, it has a mysterious and haunted history that predates its macabre fame. Freeland Oscar Stanley was a person of many talents, trades, and interests. Freeland and his identical twin brother, Francis Edgar were young inventors creating all sorts of things, from violins to maple syrup. This penchant for experimentation led them to the design of the Stanley Steamer automobile. Unfortunately, a life-threatening case of tuberculosis sent Freeland Stanley and his wife Flora to the curative Rocky Mountains in Colorado. As a result, the couple found their way to Estes Park and began their new lives. In 1909, Stanley built the infamous Stanley Hotel, beginning a century of mysteries and eerie happenings. Just two years after the hotel op opening, Miss Elizabeth Wilson was tending the rooms when a thunderstorm rolled through uh, the mountains of Estes Park, wiping out all of the power in the Stanley Hotel. Going from room to room, the housekeepers carried it, lit candles to ignite the acetylene gas lamps. Wilson approached a room that unknowingly would become the focal point of mysterious activity for more than a century to come. Room 217, as she made her way in the odorless gas connected with the flame of the candle, immediately igniting into a fiery eruption and blasting Elizabeth through the floor into the McGregor dining room. Despite the intense explosion, Elizabeth survived, only suffering two broken ankles. Reportedly, the injured employees and guests were sent to hospital in Longmont, although not much documentation of the patients exists. Even though Elizabeth walked away from her injury, injuries in 1911, her ghost is said to still reside in the hotel, more specifically in room 217. It has been rumored that in the room, clothes are mysteriously folded or put away. It is said that Elizabeth was old-fashioned and proper, so when an unmarried couple comes to visit, uh, visit her, <laughs> she will climb into bed between them throughout the night. Ooh. Elizabeth Wilson's life is just as mysterious as her afterlife, 
despite the years working at the hotel and the documentation of the explosion and hospital records, not one photo can be found of Miss Elizabeth Wilson. The explosion sent the hotel spiraling into an era of spiritual activity. A majority of the haunts are known to occur on the fourth floor. From self-opening closets to the giggling and running children, they did mention that on the uh, uh, program on the Travel Channel, this phantasmal floor of the hotel exhibits a lot of activity. Uh, They said in the early morning, like between 2 and 4 a.m., you can hear uh, children playing without seeing anything. The most notable by far is room 428, where a friendly cowboy often sits in the corner of the bed waiting to greet you. Oh, that's nice. The grand stairway in the lobby has also been a huge sight for seeing the apparitions of the hotel, a sort of vortex of for the spirits to move from the main lobby all through the halls. Well, I did hear during the show that one of the employees was pushed down, so not all of them are friendly. And one other employee said he felt like he was going to be hit. <laughs> but, well, we have uh, a friendly cowboy. That other one was, <laughs> this woman will climb in bed between them throughout the night. Well, <laughs> I wonder what stories can be told about that, but. Ah, let's see. Uh, One guest has reported taking pictures of the brilliant staircase only to find a strange womanly figure standing at the top in the photos. There are many ways to experience the superstitions of the Stanley Hotel for yourself throughout October. The Stanley presents the twin terror weekends, including a murder mystery dinner, Ooh, that'd be interesting. The Shining Ball and the Halloween Masquerade Party. All those sound like fun. And there are also nightly ghost tours. I would do that. That explore the dark history surrounding the hotel. I know that the uh, Ghost Adventures crew has done a program from there, which I would still watch if they were on the regular travel channel. But now they show really old ones that I've already seen just to promote Discovery Plus. But if you're courageous enough, there is always the option to stay overnight in the notoriously haunted rooms. It would be fun to give that a try, actually, I think. Boo! Ha 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 ha! From a haunted and scary hotel, we now go to a, well, haunted and scary person. And it involves a man who kidnapped his ex-wife so he could pretend to save her and bid to win her back. Obsessed much, sir? A Georgia man was recently sentenced to 25 years in prison after he devised a plan to kidnap his ex-wife in a bid to win her back. 
the Cherokee County District Attorney uh, Office uh, in Georgia identified the man as 36-year-old Rodney William Metzer, according to a press release posted to Facebook. Metzer admitted to 14 charges related to an attack on his ex-wife that included kidnapping, assaulting, threatening her with a handgun, and leaving her bound with homemade zip-tie handcuffs, the release said. Sir, you should have just walked away. Metzer's arrest followed a January 1st incident at the home of Metzer's ex-wife. Officers with the sheriff's office responded at around 2 a.m. to a 9-11 call, the district attorney's office said. When officers spoke to Metzer, he said he had just arrived at the residence and found his ex-wife lying on the deck and zip-tied with a pillowcase over her head. Officers believed that Metzer was a concerned family member, the press release said, but investigators discovered a much different story from what Metzer told them. Before the January 1st incident, Metzer tried to restore his relationship with his ex-wife, but she refused, prompting him to break into her house wearing a mask and displaying a gun, the release said. When he spoke to her, he disguised his voice. He hit her with the butt of his gun and tried to strangle her two times. He zip-tied her hands, assaulted her, placed a pillowcase over her head, and dragged her to the deck, the press release uh, added. Uh, Metzer told his ex-wife if she moved from the deck, she would be shot. Metzer then returned to his residence to change his clothes and went back to his ex-wife, her home, uh, which is when he called the police. The district attorney said that the evidence... In this case was substantial as Cherokee County sheriffs found a handgun in Metzer's apartment as well as zip ties that matched the ones on his ex-wife. Additionally, investigators saw Metzer on surveillance video carrying a package of zip ties while leaving a local Lowe's store. Metzer's cell phone and laptop search history revealed to investigators that he searched topics such as uh, how long before you starve to death, how to change the sound of your voice, and how long it takes to choke someone unconscious. Well, if you're going to commit something like this, you do not want to leave uh, (laughs) those search topics uh, on your uh, computer and not do them at all on your computer. District, District Attorney Rachel Ash, who prosecuted the case, called Messer a master manipulator. In the days leading up to this attack, he faked a cancer diagnosis in an attempt to gain sympathy from his ex-wife. When that didn't work, Uh, Yeah, if that didn't work, uh, dude, you might as well learn your lesson. And uh, she doesn't want you you back. Uh, Just move on. He 
created a convoluted plan that the investigators in this case and our office truly believe involved a plot to kill her and then himself, Ash said in the release. When he couldn't go through with that plan, he instead devised a new plan to rescue her. Fortunately, Sheriff's Office investigators saw through his scheme quickly and arrested the defendant, she said. Metzer was sentenced by Judge Anthony Baker to 70 years, with the first 25 years to be served in confinement and the remaining 45 to be served on probation, according to the district attorney's office. Uh, Newsweek reached out to the district attorney's office for further comment, but did not receive a response in time for publication. Yeah, uh, dude, it's time to step off and realize she does not want you back. And I don't believe that this uh, is going to help matters any. Uh Uh-oh, we got a moron here. Since we have kind of a haunted and uh, creepy theme going for this podcast, uh, why not do a story about a haunted cemetery for my listeners in the UK? Uh, The cemetery is located in uh, north of London. Uh, The Highgate uh, Cemetery, established in 1839, is one of the most haunted places in the world. It has been the site of many supernatural reports, but it is a tale of the uh, seven-foot-tall phantom of the Highgate vampire with hypnotic red eyes and a long black coat. The vampire is believed to cause a sudden drop in temperature, time freeze, and more. The story of the vampire gained significant popularity when a badly charred body of a woman was found decapitated. Oh, man. Do not uh, think I want to go there (laughs) after dark. The Highgate Cemetery is one of the most haunted places in London, and with good reason. In the early 1800s, the city's population topped the one million mark, and despite a high death rate, it was still growing. Graves were crammed between shops and outside taverns. Undertakers dressed up as clergymen to perform illegal ceremonies. Many people were buried in shallow graves and quickly covered with lime. The stench and disease were horrific. Oh, wonderful. Excuse me while I take a drink of water here. Oops. Or an adult beverage. Take your pick. Parliament steps in. Parliament decided the seven private cemeteries would be built in the countryside around London. They were known as the Magnificent Seven. The third cemetery, dated 1839, was Highgate. The architect and builder turned Highgate into an eternal oasis of peace. 
Yeah, peace, all right. Everybody who was anybody wanted to be buried there. By 1854, the place was packed, and they brought another 20 adjoining acres. The fall from paradise. By the turn of the 20th century, the cemetery's fortunes waned. World War I decimated the staff, and by the end of World War II, the cemetery had all but been abandoned. In 1960, the gates to Highgate Cemetery were closed. Pristine landscaping became lush jungles, and buildings tumbled in on themselves. Studios used the ground to shoot horror movies. And then the rumors and rituals began. Enter the spirits and the vampire. Stories of men dressed in dark robes, practicing dark rituals. Well, we've heard about that, uh, the dark robes uh, wandering around uh, uh, what used to be called Boston, Ohio, which is now called Helltown, in the woods, practicing rituals. But they surfaced at this uh, cemetery. Ghosts and ghouls haunted the alleyways around the graveyard. People reported seeing red-eyed demons staring at them through the fence. And then there was the Highgate Vampire. The vampire was said to be a medieval nobleman who practiced black magic in Romania. His coffin was brought from Europe to England in the 18th century, and his cult-like followers bought him a house in the West End. He was buried at the site that eventually became Highgate Cemetery. He slumbered peacefully until, according to reports, Satanists performed a ritual at the cemetery to wake him up. Well, that uh, might make me angry, too, if somebody woke me up. <laughs> the Highgate Vampire is said to be a tall, dark figure that glides through the cemetery. His presence is frequently announced by a sudden drop in temperature. That seems to be common with the uh, uh, ghost shows I've watched uh, that uh, when you notice a sudden cold spot that there might be a, a spirit uh, nearby. He has also caused cloaks and watches to stop. He terrifies all animals in his vicinity and he is blamed for scores of dead foxes on the cemetery grounds. Hmm, what does he have against foxes? The Highgate Vampire has a hypnotic stare and bone-chilling effect on all those who have encountered him, especially uh, those foolish enough to spend the nights in the cemetery. Oh, yeah, turn it into a hostel. Let's see. Exploding coffins, oh my. The Highgate uh, vampire is just the tip of the supernatural iceberg. The problems with the dead started during Victorian times with exploding coffins. Highgate Cemetery has a series of tombs built for those who wanted to be buried above ground. Regulations at the time required tombs to be encased in lead to prevent miasma 
leaking out. Hmm, a term I have not heard of. As the bodies decompose in their hermetically sealed tombs, the buildup of gases caused some coffins to explode. The solution was to drill a small hole in the coffin, place a pipe in it, and then light a match so the gases could burn off hygienically. Though the cemetery is done burning off gases, there are still problems, including heart-stopping banshee whales, spectral faces floating around the place, a ghostly cyclist wanders the grounds. Well, hopefully he's wearing a helmet and uh, and uh, dressed appropriately for any accident there. But uh, as he dons the floating, I don't know, that's uh, not right. And there's also a ghost of a floating nun. Some spirits are such regular visitors that the locals have named them. Today, 170,000 people are buried at Highgate Cemetery in 53,000 graves on 37 acres. Plots are still for sale, subject to government restrictions. It continues to be a popular place for enthusiasts of the occult, paranormal, and vampires. It also hosts the graves of some of history's most well-known figures, including Karl Marx, Malcolm McLaren, and George Michael. On your London vacation, consider a tour of Highgate Cemetery. Well, I think it is time to pop and drop this podcast like it's hot to the interwebs if you would like to make a donation to infotainment it would be greatly appreciated at randyms12 at gmail.com you can email me at randyms12 at gmail.com i can tweet my twitters at randypodcaster and my Facebook page, you might check that out. This is probably going to be my last podcast before my Colorado trip. Hopefully I will have maybe some video and uh, some audio from Colorado up in the mountains near Estes Park. But we shall see. And like always, uh, I'm hoping you a pleasant day today. And a happy ending tonight. Legitness. That was legitness.